Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about interview hacks you can use to beat out the competition. We'll cover some things you likely haven't heard of, and we'll take some of the episode to talk about how to handle this if you're either shy or introverted. If you found that you're getting to the interview stage, but you just aren't making the cut, then you'll want to listen to this episode. My next guest is Bogdan Zlatkov, a senior content marketing manager, ex-LinkedIn insider, and author of The Ultimate Guide to Job Hunting, which climbed the SEO rankings to reach the number one spot for similar searches on Google. As the founder of Growth Hack Your Career, Bogdan has helped over 28,000 job seekers find their dream jobs using proven strategies he's tested himself. Bogdan's worked with award-winning coaches, best-selling authors, and Forbes council members to uncover the best job search tips that will help you to get hired fast. When he isn't helping job seekers, Bogdan enjoys surfing the California coast, running around with his two dogs, and working on his vintage motorcycle. Pretty cool. Being a job hunter isn't easy, especially if you're introverted. But if you're ready to take it up a notch and fight for your dream job, then you're going to love this episode. Tune in to figure out how to surpass the nerve-wracking interviews with some amazing hacks and tips. Let's launch right into it with our 220th episode of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. Bogdan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. I was so excited to get you to come on our podcast. I want to ask you because you have a really good insight and good perspective yourself, but why is it so important for listeners to get their interview game down? The interview is this really weird thing that we have in society where literally a 30 minute conversation can determine like the rest of your life, which is really bonkers when you think about it. And what's scary is that most people will prepare for like a final exam, for a test, they'll prepare for a presentation, but very few people actually prepare for their interviews. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking of the job seeker who just goes into the interview and they say, I know, I know who I am as a professional. I'm confident that what I've done in my career is good. And so they'll go in with without the preparation that they really needed to come into the interview with, and they just won't end up beating out the other guy who just has a better interview. Correct? Exactly. And a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that the way to prepare for an interview is by researching the company, researching the interviewer. Like yeah. that's a baseline. That's a start. Yeah. But that's not actual preparation for an interview. And the other mistake that people really make is thinking that because they're good at what they do in their job, that they'll be able to convey that in 30 minutes. It's kind of yeah. like this podcast where we have to convey so much information in this short format. It's a very different thing than, say, writing a super long blog post or a book or some other format. Exactly. And that's a really good point. So really excited to get together with you and talk about some things that we can do to make you stand out in the interview. And I know your hacks, I've heard them before when we had our phone call, are really going to help job seekers. And there were things that I had never heard of. But first, I did love during our previous chat, hearing about your story and how hard it was for you to apply for jobs and what you did to overcome that challenge. So before getting into these interview hacks and tips, let's have you share with job seekers where you're coming from. Sure. To take you back, this is 2016, and I'm working as a travel videographer, which sounds just 
as much of a dream job <laughs> as it is. But basically, I would travel, you know, for for one week every month and then come home, edit my videos and then do it again. But some of the downsides of being in that career is I was always on the road. So I never got to see my family. I could never make plans with friends. So I decided I wanted to make a career change. And I was like, all right, well, let me get, quote, a desk job and turn my skills into some type of marketing job. So I started applying the jobs. And at first, I was very selective, like I think most people are. For the first five months or so, I was researching companies, really picking out the best ones I wanted. You know, I thought that I was such a great, you know, talented person that they'd be lucky to have me. And five months later, I had literally landed only one interview, which I also blew completely (laughs) because I didn't prepare for it. Um, We've all been there. Yeah. And so fast forward, I spent 14 months applying to jobs. And when I mean applying to jobs, I was applying five applications per day, every single day and getting very little result, which was strange to me because I knew I could do these jobs. I knew I was qualified and I still wasn't getting called in for an interview. I hate to interrupt, but this almost takes a a tangent on this podcast episode, but what did that do to you like emotionally? Did you feel like it was starting? Because I mean, that's a lot of time spending, you know, getting rejection after rejection or just not getting results after just putting in your best effort. But what did you do really to overcome that feeling or was it even an issue for you? It absolutely was an issue. I think it's a very human issue. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else out there quite as demoralizing as when you start feeling like you might not be valuable to society or to the world. When you're in a job like you, someone's paying you, you have a team around you, when that's taken away from you and you literally don't have an income and you don't have any people surrounding you, it's very easy to go down this downward spiral. Um, And that's definitely what happened to me. So I remember sitting on the stairs of the house where I was living at in San Francisco. And literally just every day I had nothing to do other than go back to my computer and apply to more jobs. And then you don't hear anything back. And after like 20 days, 30 days, 40 days of that, of course it gets you down. Like there's no way it doesn't get you down. Yeah, exactly. And so coming back from that, and maybe we'll work some of this into this this episode, but how did you end up overcoming all of those challenges and especially the emotional part? The emotional part to me was the way that I overcame it was by sticking to some of like the best practices of like just good mental health. So anytime I was feeling anxiety or feeling like depressed, I would literally just put on my running shoes, run out the door and just go run. I would. It's walks for me, but I attest to that how much of a difference it makes. Absolutely. It does. It does. I heard this on a podcast uh, with someone else. He said it's much easier to deal with physical pain than it is to deal with mental pain. Mm -hmm. And so what you can do is you can manifest your mental pain into physical pain, not like pain as in you're hurting yourself but if you're out on a run and you know you're out of breath like that's a good thing like you're literally letting all that like mental pain out of your body and so rather than trying to think through your psychology 
just turn it into something physical and just get physical. out there and yeah. deal with it that way. I love it. That makes so much sense. And so you've gone from that moment, which I've experienced similar in my own life with even, you know, being an entrepreneur and dealing with rejection, but you've gone from that to living this great life right now and this solid career. And now you have this article that ranks, you know, number one on Google and helping people to, to helping job seekers, really. So I think it's awesome what you're doing right now. And I want to cut to the chase here with some of these interview hacks that you have that have helped people, they've helped you. But let's start with this number one hack that changed the interview game for you. And we'll go from there. Sure. So this hack, I literally discovered on accident. By the end of my job searching, I was booking about 30 to 40% of my interviews. So if I sent out 10 applications, I would get about three to four of those replying back to me and, and getting those interviews. And this one recruiter did this really strange thing where she asked me, okay, so here's who you're going to be talking to in our next round of interviews. First, you're going to talk to James. James is the director of marketing. He's going to want to know A, B, and C. Next, mm -hmm. you'll be talking to Susie. Make sure you talk with her about this, this, and this. And I thought it was very strange at the time. I was like, why is she essentially giving me the answers to the test? But what she was actually doing is she saw that I was a strong candidate. And if I get yeah. hired at that company, that's what her pay is based on, is if she places me there and I stay there for a year. So she wanted to give me all of the answers to the questions <laughs> so that I would get the job and she would get her payday. And so long story short, I landed that job in three weeks. Like I knew everything to say to each person because the recruiter was helping me along the way. And so fast forward a couple of years later, I was interviewing for jobs again. And I decided, why don't I just ask the recruiter, what should I say to each person in the interview process? And to my surprise, like she, she gave me the answers. She, she yeah. said, oh, that's a good question. Well, Matt will want to know X, Y, Z. Susie will want to know XYZ. Yeah. And it unlocked this like secretive black box process for me where yeah. I could just ask the recruiter, here are the questions, what are the answers to the questions? And they would tell me. So that's kind of the number one tip that I would recommend to job seekers is use the recruiter who you talk to on the pre-screen to unlock the answers for the rest of your interviews. That's amazing. And it just makes so much sense. Yet so few people are doing and I know I've never actually used that before. And I know if I did, then it would give me the opportunity to prepare. You know, we're always telling job seekers to prepare for the interview. But what better way to prepare than knowing what's going to be asked or what what these people want to hear before even stepping into the interview? So I think that's just genius. And you talk about using a recruiter. Does this really only work if you have a recruiter at your back pocket? No, no. So a, when I say recruiter, a recruiter can be either a, an independent recruiter or a recruiter who works for the company. So anytime uh, you apply for a job, for the most part, the first interview will be what's called a screening interview. And it's literally someone who isn't on the team that you're gonna be working with. It's just a professional recruiter who just screens candidates to make sure, for lack of a better word, like they're not crazy or they're not like yeah. super, they, they lied completely on their resume. <laughs> so that recruiter is really there to screen you and make sure that 
you're worthy to talk to the actual person who will make the hiring decision. What the mistake that most people make, though, is they try to impress the recruiter. Like, you don't have to impress the recruiter. Right. You just have to not say anything too wild and out of the box <laughs> to, to get screened. Not look like a loon. Exactly. Like, you just want to look like a normal person who's personable and nice. And if you can do that, then that recruiter is now your ally. And they'll want to sure. help you to get that job. Okay. You get this inside information from the recruiter, the person within the company. And then with that, are you recommending that I'm practicing my answers out loud or writing them out? What do you what do you typically recommend job seekers do? Yeah, so I have this method that I kind of honed from really just testing things out. And I call it the five rep practice method. So it's very simple and easy to do. You basically take your phone. Turn on either the voice recorder function or just take a video and point the camera away from yourself and also set a timer. So this is really, really important. When you're doing your practice for your interview answers, you want your answer to be done within about three minutes. So the most common problem, and you'll see this all the time once you're actually like hiring people, is yeah. people really love to ramble when they're nervous. So you get nervous during the interview and you start talking and you think your answer was two minutes. I literally time it now as a hiring manager. I'm like, this person has talked for 14 minutes and I haven't said a word to them and they're yeah. still talking. So you set your timer for three minutes and you just practice each question for five reps. So the question could be, tell me about yourself. You're going to practice that question five times and you want to get that answer within three minutes. Now, the important thing here is you're not trying to memorize your answer. It's not about memorizing this answer and telling it verbatim. What right. you're doing is trying to figure out like, what are like the, the places where I'm getting stuck or I'm going, uh, um, uh, so yeah, uh, what are those spots and how can you just smooth those out? So when they ask you that question, you just have a smooth answer that's like concise to the point. Um, that will do more for you than any other hack that we talk about. That makes so much sense. And I'm thinking about the times where I give speeches or talks for resume advice or interview advice or things like that. And those reps happen naturally because I've given the same talk so many times. But I'm thinking back to the first times when I gave those talks and there were those sticking points where I just wouldn't know how to convey it. But I wish I had almost done that five rep exercise in the very beginning to get it to smooth out a little bit more. So that makes a lot of sense. And job seekers, if you keep hearing the advice to prepare for the interview, listen to the last 10 minutes of this episode. These are two very unique things and strategies that you can use to prepare that I guarantee you a lot of other job seekers are not doing. So this is very good, Bogdan. All right. Before we get into introverts and shy people, which I hear you, I know that's a thing. What other general tip do you have for people who are looking to up their interview game? So I have a bit of a controversial one. And I think, <laughs> I think some other career coaches disagree with me on this one, but it has served me incredibly, incredibly well. So I'll share it with you guys here. And that tip is don't research the company. Mm. So once you've landed the interview, a lot of people will go and research the company and read a bunch of articles about the company, right. PR statements, they'll go on right. their social media, 
and they'll create this like idea of what this company is about. But me, like I'm on a marketing team at my current company. I know how vastly different our external messaging is from what's internally happening at the company. And so what I noticed, and I made this mistake myself when I was interviewing, is you end up making a lot of assumptions about the company that aren't true. And so the method that I prefer to use is to literally ask questions of the people who are interviewing me. And one, this shows you, this shows that you're showing genuine curiosity about the company. It's not like a canned question that you're giving them. And two, they'll give you like a much more real perspective of what the company is about. So I can give you an example of a question, which is, it seems that you guys are really dedicated to this mission of making solar possible for everyone. How do you guys want to achieve that within the next year? What are some of those big goals that you have for the next year as a company, as a whole? And the person will tell you, they'll say, well, in the next year, we're doing this to this and we're going to work on this project. Now you have like firsthand knowledge. It's not just stuff you've read on the internet that's already marketed up. That is very interesting. And I've never actually heard that before. So when we're asking these questions, is really the interview the only time to do this sort of internal insider research? Or are there other opportunities to find this out? Because I'm just thinking like me finding out these things on the fly, I might get nervous or feel like there's too much for me to process within one moment. So is it just the interview or other opportunities? Honestly, just in the interview. And I think that uh, like when you're having a genuine conversation with someone, you will be learning new things about them or about where they work. So imagine the best thing that I tell people is like, treat the interview like you're meeting this person, you know, at a restaurant, like they're a friend and you're just catching up. You're like, oh, where are you working? Oh, what did they do? Oh, that's super interesting, right? You're going to be genuinely interested in them and you'll have a much more organic conversation than if you've done all this like secret research and then you're just trying to ask smart questions. Ah, I see what you're saying. So it comes off as more organic in a way. So I'm actually in a way that I'm going to find out things that are going to allow me to build a better connection during the interview versus, hey, I saw you guys, you know, gave out an award for employee of the year and it was like so-and-so, you know, something random like that. That makes a lot of sense. So turning to people who are on the shyer side or people who may be introverted, And I've always been told that being shy doesn't necessarily mean you're an introvert. So meaning where you derive your energy from or being around other people versus not being around other people. But I have found that when job seekers are coming to me asking how to get involved or get networking and have good interviews, people who are either shy or introverted say that they sometimes have a particularly extra hard time getting out there and really putting their best foot forward. So what tips do you have for people who may fall within one of those two categories? So I think that the most common misconception about introverts is that they don't have anything to say, right? They're shy. They just want to sit back and and not participate in the conversation. And I think that's like a, a very poor misconception. I'm kind of like an ambivert. So I'm both introverted and extroverted, depending on the situation. But the thing, the true strength of an introvert is their ability to listen and to listen like with great care. And so how can you use that great ability 
within an interview setting where you're expected to talk. And that's to ask the, try to make it into a dialogue as opposed to question, answer, question, answer. So what I mean by that is you want to have the person who's interviewing you speaking at least 50% of the time so that it's a conversation. And so we can get into how to elicit that, sure. but basically that way you're leveraging your ability to listen a lot more and you're not putting all this pressure on yourself to talk for 30 minutes straight. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm even thinking about the podcasts that I enjoy being on or interviewing other people. Um, I think the best ones are ones where there's more of that back and forth dialogue versus just me asking you questions and not really talking about anything. So can you give an example of how to weave in a question or how to um, make it more conversational versus what a lot of people think interviews are? Sure. Yes. In my um, course, I always teach people to add a question to the end of any answer. So when you're practicing this using your five rep practice method, at the end of that three minutes that we talked about, at the end, you want to weave in your questions so that you're, it's kind of like a tennis match, right? Like they've tossed the ball over to you. Now you're hitting it back over to them and yeah. it creates this organic flow. So an example of that would be, let's say I'm trying to answer the question, why did you apply to this position? And my answer for something like that might be, well, it seems to me like, you know, I have both this like very creative side of myself and this very analytical side of myself. And it seems like this position really lends itself to being able to use both my creativity as a writer, but then also some of my analytic brain as someone who loves geeking out on Google Analytics and things yeah. like that. So I really like that part of this position. What would you say, though, is kind of the percentage of what percentage would you say this position involves creativity versus analytical? Ah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So getting in the mindset of like how, like asking a question and engaging with other people and practicing that you're saying. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the interesting thing is we've accomplished three things with that one little answer. So the first thing we accomplished is we answered the question fairly well with a very unique answer. Number two, we asked the interviewer a question. So we're getting some dialogue going there. And then number three, we're also eliciting what is this position about? So we're actually, instead of researching the company, researching the position, we're actually going to get their firsthand experience of what this position is actually about. Tying it all together. I love that, Bogdan. It makes a lot of sense to me. I have just one more question here, and I just want to keep things interesting with this question. Then we'll circle back to you and how to find out more about you and even the tattoo question, which I love to ask. But in your opinion, what is the worst job search advice that people out there are giving on the internet? Mm -hmm. This is actually job search advice that I took and I regret it because I blew a lot of interviews. And also this one is one that people disagree with me on. The worst job search advice, in my opinion, is just be yourself. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And I cannot stress what terrible advice that is. An mm -hmm. interview is like, getting up on stage and presenting. You wouldn't just walk up on like a TEDx stage and just go ahead and talk about your life. Like you would prepare just for be yourself. <laughs> yeah, just be yourself. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. No, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. would prepare for it. You would think of good stories. You would really like 
put your best foot forward, you wouldn't just go out and just wing it. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I do see that advice out there. And I have taken that advice too. And like, I think, guys, we're not saying not to be inauthentic or not to change who you are on the inside. That's not what that advice is saying. But we're saying that it takes a little bit of tailoring to the audience and refining your messaging so that you are the most attractive person for the job. Because at the end of the day, you are competing against other people who may be able to portray their skill set better than you. So getting better at doing that will give you an edge and it'll help you to land that dream job where you can be yourself and perform your best. So Exactly. And I think I always think of people like a big pie chart. So it's like a, yeah. a pie chart with a hundred slices. Like each of those slices is a part of you. That is your authentic self. But you don't need to show everybody the entire pie chart all the time. Like you want to <laughs> pick out the slices that are the most relevant and most appetizing to that person. So if you're talking to someone who's like the director of analytics, talk about analytics. Don't talk yeah. about like your wild, crazy, creative ideas because you'll confuse them. They'll say, oh, I don't know if this guy's a good fit. So pick out that slice that you think would be most appetizing to that person. Awesome. Well, Bogdan, I love the slice that you've shown us and listeners here on this podcast. So thank you for that all. So I'd like to ask if you could tattoo one encouraging message for every career warrior applying for a job, what would that message be? So I have two messages. Can I tattoo one on each arm? <laughs> I've never had that happen before, but let's do it. Let's bring it on. They're related. So um, both of these messages come from actually the military, which uh -huh. I think has some of like the best leadership and really like character building ever. And so there's two messages. The first one is one is none. And two is one. So having one of something means you have none of it. Having two of something means you have one of it. And basically what that boils down to is redundancy. So how this applies to career job seekers is don't just, once you land that one interview, don't just say, oh, great. All right. Like, I don't need to apply to jobs anymore. Keep applying. Ideally, at the end of your job search, you want to have two offers. That should be your goal. Not to land one job offer, to land two. That's my first quote. That, that goes on your left arm. All right. On your right arm is another quote, which is, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Meaning, if you try to rush something, you probably will make so many mistakes. You'll kind of half-ass it you won't do a very good job at it. Okay. By going slowly and pacing yourself, you'll actually end up landing your job much faster. So what this means okay. is when this comes down to like, the classic example is when people are networking, they'll literally message 10 people and be like, hey, I really like your company. Can you give me an interview at your company? And that's not networking guys, right? Like that's just <laughs> bothering people on the internet. So what you wanna do is you wanna have this slowest smooth mentality where you're going to build relationships with people who you're networking with, and that will actually yeah. land you a job much faster than yeah. just rushing and spamming people. I love that. I love that so much. And I've been the just get it done as quickly as possible and go in hyperspeed mode. It doesn't work in my experience. So and just reminding yourself when you are going slow to stay calm and stay focused and not coming from a, this desperate mentality that you need something tomorrow. And I get it. I know there are people who are listening right now that do need a job, maybe for financial reasons. So 
maybe finding a creative solution to take care of that. But in the most ideal situation, I can't agree with that more, just taking things slow and methodically and not burning yourself out by going 200 miles an hour one day. And then, you know, the following week, you just aren't really giving your best effort. I love that you actually brought that up because when uh, about that part about, you know, when you're running out of money and you're freaking out, like it's really hard to be slow yeah. and smooth. That was happening to me when I was trying to make my career transition. Because again, I wasn't making any money trying to do this transition. And I got a job as an Uber driver. I went down to the Uber office, I got all my stuff, and I just drove Uber from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. every single day. And then I spent the rest of my day job searching. But it gave me that like mental relief of being able to take my time, not just like freak out and grab any job that came my way. I love it. That's why you and I are so similar. I did the same thing while building this business up. And Uber is great because it gives you the flexibility so you can make your own schedule. So possibly giving some job seekers, um, having the question come to mind, you know, what can I take right now that's flexible so that way I can um, really go and aim for my best purpose or whatever job that I'm supposed to be getting. Bogdan, you've been a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Want to hear a little bit more about you and how listeners can get in touch with you. Sure. You guys can find me. I am always online on LinkedIn, but you can also go to growthhackyourcareer.com. Um, that's where I teach all of these principles in our e-courses. We have some courses that are free. We also have some of the best career coaches, like honestly, in the industry have created free videos in our video library that you can check out, get advice from all of them. And I also wanted to kind of give back to this community. So I'm yeah. going to do a coupon code. We'll do the coupon code will be career warrior, and that'll give you 20% off any of the courses, any of the tools that are on our site so that you guys can get started on your career journeys. Awesome. That's great. I've checked out Bogdan's site too. His UX and the, the content and everything is very engaging and I like what I see. So I recommend it for all of you listeners as well. So Bogdan, can't thank you enough for joining us on the show. Thank you so much. And listeners, this wraps up our 220th episode of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We haven't had an interviewing episode in a while and I thought that the insight that Bogdan brought to the table was amazing. These were some tips that I had not heard before, and I hope to continue to bring that same value to you listeners to be the podcast that is different and the podcast that gives you insider tips and strategies that you have not heard before. So make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. And of course, like I always do, I will give the links that were mentioned within this episode, including Bogdan's site. I will put that within the description of this podcast episode. That wraps up episode 220. I will see you next Monday morning. Go out and be warriors. Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. 
The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning. 